Patrick. I am your legacy newbie. With me this week, as always, Mr. Jeremy. What's going on, man? Oh, sorry. My let's let's do that again. <laughs> <laughs> my uh, my mic was not working. Okay. <laughs> We're off to a good start. <laughs> I think we just leave it. <laughs> What is up, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick. This is the third time I've done this intro of this episode. With me this week, I have Mr. Jerry Mee. What's going on, man? Third time's a charm, Pat! Third time's a charm. Over, recorded over two separate episodes. This is going well. <laughs> well, maybe if someone's computer didn't eat the data and send it to the void. Oh, my computer's so hungry, though. It's, it's so starving. hungry. It's starving. Gotta feed it. Sa- <laughs> you have to sacrifice an episode every now so and then. So many but... megabytes. We couldn't we couldn't leave our listeners high and dry without an episode. We could. So. We could. It helps that we're snowed in currently. We just got it's about true. about tw- ten to probably twelve inches dumped around uh, Massachusetts area this this morning. So uh, we got some snow. We got some cancellations. My work got canceled, so I'm home today. And we figured, you know what? Let's get this done for the listeners, right? Oh yeah. Right. I, I had to call out sick though. <laughs> That's the fucking want me come in. Fuck that. Really? I see. I'd imagine <laughs> yeah. you have the type of job where you can do most. They can do a, a large amount of like uh, what's it called? Like telecommuting, essentially. Yeah, they don't let me telecommute for some reason. God knows why. That seems real silly. I mean, I guess you're like accessing like customer information that's sensitive, but yeah, I can have like a creepy uncle looking over my shoulder. I guess. <laughs> I suppose. I guess. I guess we're not all that lucky. I wish I had a creepy uncle. <laughs> I just have. I have regular uncles. Ah, <laughs> uh, man, I, I'm pretty glad I don't have a creepy uncle who just hangs out and looks over my shoulder. <laughs> hey, what are you up to, Jerry? <laughs> uh, nothing, Steve. <laughs> Breathing really heavy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, did you play any Legacy this week? I did play Legacy this week. Ooh, where'd you go? What'd you play? Uh, I went to Pandemonium's uh, Thursday Legacy event. A uh, bunch, of, bunch of people were there, actually. I think there was like... 19 people total okay. uh it was it was definitely an odd number because i got the buy round one. Oh right right <laughs> you know nothing like first time playing paper magic in over a month so gotta warm up with that buy round one <laughs> yeah it's like you want to get all the value you can in for your buck and you get the free win the free win yep. it feels nice at a gp but at a, at a like a small fnm it doesn't really feel great yeah well i mean if you think about it, it's like oh, i paid you know five ten dollars that equals, you know, two fifty a match. I kind of feel uh, <laughs> not getting the full value. Of course, yeah, of course. But it was all right. I got to kind of look around, see uh, what was going on, get the feel for the store. Uh, Ian McCown and Blake were both there, so oh, nice. friendly faces. Um, and I was trying out old faithful, good old sneaking show. Oh, okay. How did that go? Uh, it went good. It went good. Um, overall, I went three one. You know, counting the buy. So in, in reality, two one. You know, th- those those buys don't count. Those are for scrubs, Pat. <laughs> so you know the buys. <laughs> um, but I was kind of going more to the traditional builds. Uh, you know, I used to be splashing white for Nahiri and Monastery Mentor. I kind of wanted to go back to a more consistent mana base, and uh, you know to get my feet wet with the deck before I go too crazy with it. Mm-hmm. Um, the spice I was running because, you know, you, you have to have some spice. <laughs> uh, I was running instead of Gitaxian probe, I was running two senseis divining top and a preordain instead of, uh, the three Gitaxian probe, uh, some lists will run. Okay. Uh, we've kind of talked about it a, a bit in the past, but basically I get taxing pro just the worst cantrip in the deck. So it's always the first one cut. Mm-hmm. Um, and since dividing top just gives you so much late game and just consistency. When you get in those top deck wars, having a since dividing top is just so nice. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was also running a one of omniscience main board, uh, which I actually kind of like, I, I did like having that omniscience. Well, option. One of omniscience, huh? Yeah, you know, I wasn't running the combo, no Cunning Wish, nothing like that, Um, but I did just want another show-and-tell target, uh, something that, you know, gives you a more explosive combo, you know, because sometimes you cast show-and-tell and you put Emrakul in play, and it's basically hope your opponent doesn't draw an answer. Right. And sometimes they do, but when you just go show-and-tell, omniscience, brainstorm, ponder, brainstorm, brainstorm, Jace, brainstorm, Emrakul. Oh, that sounds good. (laughs) 
Yeah, I didn't, think about your, I didn't even think about your cantrips being free. I just always imagine that you're casting like Emrakul and Grizzlebrand with omniscience, but you can no. cast anything. I don't know why I think that. I just like, yeah. I, just, I don't know. You just, I mean, it was much better when dig through time. I mean, that's why oh omniscience gosh, yeah. was a deck. <laughs> you know, that was just ridiculous. But still, just getting a omniscience in play, even if you don't have the fatty in hand, just chaining cantrips, you're gonna find something to put worthwhile to put into play sooner rather than yeah, later. Of course. I think it's got so many like powerful cards in it, so <laughs> that happened in my first matchup against uh Grixis Delver. Um I got I show and tell an omniscience into play, and I just chained uh cantrips into a Jace into a Jace Storming into an Emrakul. <laughs> <laughs> um I was heartbroken though, so that was uh game one against Grixis Delver. Mm-hmm. Uh, game two, he beat me. He just got like a lightning fast start with uh, Delver of Secrets and Counterspell back, back up. Just killed me before I could fight through the Counterspell. Game three, uh, I boarded in uh, Blood Moons against mm-hmm. Grixis Delver. And I have my opening hand, and my opening hand is like uh, Emrakul, Grizzlebrand, uh, Volcanic Island, Ancient Tomb, Lotus Petal, Blood Moon. Mm. <laughs> and I'm just like, you know what? This is this is the YOLO moment. Let's just see what happens. Turn one Blood Moon. <laughs> turn one Blood Moon. You know, Ancient Tomb, Lotus Petal, Blood Moon. It resolved, and the game turned into me and my Grixis Delver, or uh, Grixis, yeah, Delver opponent just going draw go for the next 15 turns. <laughs> um, But it was... So close. Uh, he ended up getting a young pyromancer out, which was basically the only threat he could he could get. And he fired off a bunch of Gitaxian probes and lightning bolts to make a bunch of tokens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was able to um, sudden shock the young pyromancer, but he still had like four tokens out, and I was on like nine life. So it was basically a three turn clock uh, where he's attacking me with the tokens, and I have like. Emrakul, Grizzlebrand, Omniscience in my hand, and then I have uh, I have nine lands and a Lotus Petal. <laughs> <laughs> However, only one of my lands was an island, and Omniscience is seven colorless and three blue. <laughs> so I had the mana. I just needed one freaking islands or one freaking lotus petal in order to hard cast omniscience hard cast never cool hard cast grizzle brands <laughs> but it was not to be he uh he ended up killing me and of course as i always do i look at the top card of my deck and of course it was an island oh gross <laughs> so the daggers the daggers <laughs> i think it was karma though because during the entire game uh, I was jokingly saying that my game plan was to hardcast Emrakul, <laughs> and and every time I would play a land, I would just count down from fifteen. <laughs> so be like eight, go ahead, <laughs> seven, your turn. <laughs> That's great. Do you have enough? I mean, you must have enough lands in that deck to hardcast Emrakul, right? Between like the Lotus Petals and the the tombs and stuff. Yeah, there's. There's 15 lands counting all counting the lotus petals, but it's basically all of them. Really, 15? That's it? Well, I mean, oh, I guess with the blood moon fetch lands. Yeah, I was gonna of. say your fetch lands tap. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's definitely possible with the blood moon in play. Uh, without blood moon turning your fetch lands into lands, uh, it's a lot harder. You basically have to get like all your lands. What about city of traders? Does does sneak run city of traders, or is it just the ancient tombs? It runs city of traders too. It's just. Unless you have the City of Traders last, they don't do you much good. Right, right. Because unless they're in your hand, if you play a City Traders out early, that City of Traders is dying if you yeah. start building up your base. That's why you gotta play Crystal Vein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do that. Do that. Yeah, just don't do that, kids. <laughs> <laughs> so that was my Grixis matchup. I ended up losing against that. Uh, next round, though, I got to play Nick playing Nick Fit. It was great. You know, I'm usually terrible with names, but when you play a deck that, you know, is an onomatopoeia with your name, that's that's great for me, guys. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Nick was awesome. He's a, he's a fan of the cast, so he was the most fun person to play against all night. Oh, that's always awesome. 
Yeah, he was he was an awesome dude, and he was playing Nick Fit. He was saying how he usually plays like Black Red Reanimator. So thank God he wasn't on that that night because Black Red Reanimator is pretty brutal matchup for a sneaking show. <laughs> um, but he was playing Nick Fit, and it was just a bloodbath like <laughs> we we played and it was just like yep show and tell them are cool okay cool game two <laughs> uh sneak attack grizzle brands activate grizzle brands find uh goblin rabble masters put goblin rabble masters into play <laughs> game oh, uh but we played a bunch of uh fun games after the fact and that's where like the real fun happened um like i show intelled and he put in uh what's i forget the name of it but it's from like cons of tarkir it's two and a black for a three one when it comes into play each player sacrifices a creature i believe that is merciless executioner Yes, Merciless Executioner. So he just puts that into play and just blows me out of water. I have to sacrifice Emmerichle to it. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, it was a it was a good time. Uh, and then I rounded out the night playing Mudpost. Um, basically, all those like big mana decks are pretty easy bait for uh or for uh sneak and show mm-hmm. like uh, lands, twelve post, mud post. Um, it's you know they they they're trying to do their thing. You're trying to do your thing, and your thing is just a lot quicker than theirs. Yeah. Um. So I I ended up beating that, going three one. Uh. Won some store credit. So nice having some store credit in the bank again. I'm gonna start building that up, and uh, you know, maybe see if I can get some goodies later on. Nice. Yeah. But the main reason why I was playing it was because I wanted to test out Goblin Rabble Master in the sideboard. <laughs> and how did that go? Well, I was running four Goblin Rabble Masters in the sideboard. I sided those four Goblin Rabble Masters in in a bunch of games, and I just basically never drew them. Four is a lot, too. I know. I, I was running four because I'm like, whenever you want to like figure out if a card's good for the deck, always run four copies if you can, mm-hmm. just because you're going to increase the number of games where you actually see that card, so you yeah, can actually sure. see how relevant it is. And then, you know, trim it from there, depending on how it performs. But, yeah, I just, it didn't really come up. The times it did come up were, like, just win more. Like, I had a sneak attack. Uh, with a bunch of red mana, I put a Grizzlebrand into play, and I drew a bunch of cards, and I didn't find Emmercool, but I did find two Goblin Rabble Masters. So I'm <laughs> all right, sneak attack in Goblin Rabble Master, sneak attack in Goblin Rabble Master, attack, each one makes a token, uh, and they see each other, so they, they each become fi- uh, five twos. Yeah. So two Goblin Rabble Masters swinging in is 12 damage. Plus the seven from Grizzlebrand just wiped him off the board. <laughs> so, I mean, it was good in those kind of like win more circumstances, but I didn't really get to see it in its own merit. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to try it out again, uh, see if I can you know get that little bugger to show up more often. Yeah, that's. Uh, so what exactly are you bringing? What text are you bringing that in against? Where do you think it's gonna shine? Um, I mean, it's basically an alternate win condition, so uh, the reason why it's good is it fits into your curve really nicely. Being two and a red means you can easily cast it on either turn two or turn one, mm-hmm. uh, and it comes in post-board because a lot of these decks uh, board out their removal against Sneak and Show because it's it's just not very useful unless it's of the Swords to Plowshares variety. And even that Swords to Plowshares doesn't answer Emrakul. So, you know, people board out their Lightning Bolts, they board out their Abrupt Decays, they board out their Fatal Pushes uh, because they don't have any targets for them uh, against Grizzlebrand and Emrakul. And that's when you surprise them with a Goblin Rabble Master. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have a way to answer a Goblin Rabble Master, it can get out of hand quickly. So I basically bring it in for the decks that board out the removal to board in hate to stop my combo as a way to still win the game, even if they lock me out of uh, playing Grizzlebrand or Emrakul. Oh, okay. I like to have options, Pat. That's sure, why yeah. I, I mean, options are good. That's why I put down Eldrazi and picked up Blue Red Delver again. Yeah, I mean, I that's why I'll, I'll always run Jace in the main deck. I'll always run at least one Jace because I hate just being completely stone dead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah. Yeah, so I, uh, I'll actually just talk about uh, streaming last night since we're doing this a little later than we normally do. But um, I did play in the uh, Community Legacy League again. Um, went four rounds. I went in admittedly mediocre two and two. Uh, actually came up against Miracles uh, twice. Um, and really, I don't see Miracles a lot in this league. That's why I really like playing Blue Red Delver because 
I feel like it's pretty um uh has like a decent place in the uh in the in the meta there. Um, but we played against Miracles twice, so that's a little rough. Uh, round one, I played against uh, Blue Red Mirror, uh, except he was running Young Pyromancers in the main instead of the uh, Storm Chaser Mages, I believe, which is kind going of interesting. I don't, I don't know if I like that though. Um, I get that he he's going wide with it, but I think that um, I don't know. I just I think that the uh, I the think the meta's of... moved away from that. Like for... that was better when we had a, like the Eldrazi Menace in full force. You just right. wanted to get out a bunch of blockers, right? Um, but yeah, I think the meta's kind of shifted away from that a bit. Yeah, agreed. I just, yeah, I think, I think that's exactly right. Um, so I beat, I beat him in three games. Um, it was just pretty, just pretty close both ways, but, uh, we, we won in the th- th- game three. And I went 0-2 versus Miracles on the day. I faced Miracles round two and three. Um, the first one, uh, I just, like, you just kind of locked me out both games and there wasn't much I could do. I mean, I had him... Pretty low both times, but it just gets to the point where once they land like that second or third counterbalance that they're that they're holding in their hand, um, there's just not much I can do at that point. Um, so there wasn't much I, to speak about that. But I heard you got your ass kicked by Celso. <laughs> All right, well, so Celso and I went to three games, so he can eat, he can eat a dick. So <laughs> I was I was heard it was like a vicious mauling, like <laughs> like, like a you. Attack? You you were like stunned and shell shocked afterwards. He played spell snare against me. I was kind of salty about that. <laughs> yeah, I heard there was a spell snare incident. <laughs> Who plays spell snare? <laughs> I mean, it's not an uncommon card. It's, it's not, but I don't. Ex- I I've never had spell snare played against me in in miracles. We were pl- and like I feel like in Blue Red Delver, like that's probably one of the cards you would side out. I don't think he's. I don't think he runs. I don't main. know. I mean, well, what are you gonna hit with pro- that? I mean, it, like, it I'm gets not playing, price of progress. Know, it price gets... of progress is garbage against miracles because all they're fetching is basics anyway. Like, I so mean, I guess... they have a bunch of non-basics though. If they yeah, but... draw the wrong mana base, yeah, I suppose. But I mean, they also have counterbalance, so I don't know. I just thought it was weird because <laughs> he, he was like into an open board. He had one mana up. I'm like, all right, well, it's like got one blue mana. I'm like, ah, we'll, we'll be fine. We'll, we'll we'll jam uh we'll jam. I think it was storm chaser mage. Yeah. So Celso was like, so I was watching the stream afterwards, and uh, I play music on my stream because I only play the dopest beats, and uh, <laughs> and Twitch muted it because that's what they do with um, you know proprietary music apparently. Anyway, so how do they mute just the music? What's that? How do they mute just the music? Oh, they don't. They just mute the entire stream. Oh, they just shut you up. <laughs> yeah, they shut me up. So anyway, Celso's watching the the replay of our match, and he's like, Pat. He's like, it was muted, but I'm pretty sure I could see you scream, what the fuck, Celso, when I spell-snared your card. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what I said, Celso. <laughs> he actually named his list, hashtag punt Uglo in the league for the week. <laughs> oh, he got good. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was trolling me hard. He was trolling me hard. But we had three good games. Um... It's it's fun. I, I the reason why I put down Blue Red Delver was because of the how saturated the local meta was um, with miracles. Because mm-hmm. Blue Red is like if you're I guess if you're on the play game one, like you stand a decent chance of of winning game one and then probably game three if you lose game two. But I just feel like if you're on the draw game one, it's you're just a little too slow to get underneath the miracles lock. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I feel that's a very unfavorable matchup. Like, yeah. if I'm a Miracles player, I, I th- want to be playing against Blue Red Delver all day. I think so, yeah. I mean, like, four Terminus, four Swords. Um, you have... He was running, like, the Legends Miracles, so he has some number of Snapcaster Mages. Um, he has Vencers, but I never let him resolve one. Jace's... Like, Jace is kind of a nightmare. Um, even though we have, like, a good amount of um, hasty creatures, like, bouncing our uh, a Delver is, like, is pretty brutal because... It just resets our Delver. We have to make sure they flip again. I don't know. It's just, it's a bit of a nightmare to play against well, Miracles with it, so. Yeah, also just, like, Counterbalance just counters your entire deck. It really does. Like, the only thing I can hope to land is Bedlam Reveler, which right. admittedly is, like, is pretty good. Um, well, but yeah. One, one thing I want to correct myself on, um, I must have been misreading the card because I thought that Bedlam Reveler was a cast trigger, but it's actually an enter the battlefield trigger. So yeah. I thought that you drew the cards on cast and not on when it entered the battlefield. So um, that's just a lesson learned for me. It didn't it didn't affect me at all, but I happened to be rereading the card. And I'm like, oh, that's actually significantly worse versus like because I was like, oh, this is a card you definitely want versus miracles, but it just it's not like that. So, um, but the card is still <laughs> the card's still amazing. I can't count the amount of times I've like cast Bedlam Reveler. Um, and then, or, like, had, like, Bedlam Reveler and, um, uh, Fire Blast in hand, and, like, floated to red, cast Fire Blast, and then cast Bedlam Reveler. It's amazing, it's, like, an amazing, amazing series of plays. Um, yeah. 
and then yeah. I, and then round round four, I played against twelve posts. Um, and I just went. I won games one and two. Um, game one was just like a straight up beat down. Uh, I don't think there was anything really significant in that game. And then game two, I played like an early Pything Needle, and then I played a turn. Like I, I had an opening hand of like three lands, uh, Pything Needle, Blood Moon, and like, um, like a like a you know like a maybe one threat and like a cantrip. And I just kept it based on like if I can just Blood Moon them before you know by on turn three. Like we're in just great shape, and that's what that's what happened, and they weren't able to play match the rest of the, the rest of the, the match, so um, that went very well for us. Uh, so I ended up going two and two in the league. Um, didn't like top four or anything like that. I ended up coming like right in the middle of the pack, but still had a really good time. And uh, streaming streaming was always fun. So I get to play it's, like for me, like the community legacy league is like it's like my F and M because I know a lot of the players. We get to talk on on you know Discord and stuff, and it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, you got that. Online community. Yeah, exactly. That's what we're going for. That's what we're going for. And that's why I do the, uh, you know, we do the Community Legacy League recap. I do that with Danny and uh, and Tom, and uh, we do that every week or every other week, and that's been a lot of fun too. So awesome. Yeah. Uh, that uh, reminds me, I actually just put together a new Magic Online deck. Did you? I did. What'd you put together? Um, I was reading an MTG Goldfish article about Dark Dark uh, Thresh which is an old-school deck that used to be around. It's basically uh, Rug Delver, Mm -hmm. uh, but cutting red for black. Okay. And uh, so it becomes like a bug build, but much more Mm tempo-orientated. And, uh, you know, before people would run, like, Dark Confidant in it for the card advantage and also just as a 2-1 beater. Um, But with Fatal Push coming back... um, uh, this author, I forget his name, but um, he put he kind of updated the list, and I looked at it, and I'm like, oh, I actually have most of these cards. The only things I'm missing were the fatal pushes. Okay. So I decided to pony up because those are like five dollars each online for an are uncommon. They really? Yeah. Oh, that's disgusting. <laughs> yes, they are. But I ponied up for it because I really wanted it. Um, and I put the deck together, and the deck looks sweet. Um, I made a couple tweaks, but the core is four Deathrite Shaman, uh, four Delver of Secrets, three Nimble Mongoose, and one True Name Nemesis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it runs for a spell suite, uh, Stifle, Daze, Sinkhole, uh, uh, four of each. So big Mana Denial plan, plus four Wasteland in the mana base. Oh, nice. Um, so just, you know... Uh, you got 16 mana den- denial spells, uh, if you count, uh, days in that category. Mm-hmm. Plus, you know, Force of Will, Brainstorm, Ponder. Uh, and it's just like a super aggro tempo deck, you know, land a threat and then just cut your opponent off of mana so they can't do anything. Uh, and the deck, uh, the deck was a lot of fun. I've played it a couple rounds. I haven't really put too much time in with it, but, um, I'm interested to see how it, how it plays out. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, let's uh, move on. I know that we kind of uh, covered this once already, so we'll try to rehash it a little bit. Um, something cool that came up on Reddit uh, was a metagame analysis over the course of, I don't know if it's like Legacy's Inception necessarily, but the, all the graphs start around November 2011. Can you tell uh-huh. me, like, that was the release of Innistrad. Was there was that when Legacy became a thing from Wizards? No, no, I don't know. Really, know why they chose that one? Uh, this is the section I'm the most bummed we lost because we recorded like a full hour on this, just talking about the entire history of Legacy and where all these decks came from. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my god, I don't think we can do it justice tonight. But uh, I, I, I think we we can make this a recurring segment where we just come back to these deck lists and just kind of talk about their their peaks and valleys over the years sure let's tonight let's let's just do zoo and uh blue red yeah and we'll come back next week i do yeah um it's in the notes um so the zoo metagame so this this graph goes from on the y-axis you have kind of the percentage of the metagame and then on the x-axis below you have uh just a timeline you have like november 11 to january of 17 um and then you have uh like a median line here that kind of shows where the where the deck was as far as percentage goes. And then you also have, it's really cool, he also has the release dates uh, marked in here of when these um, certain set, you know, when these uh, standard sets were released. So we know mm-hmm. that Innistrad, like November of 11 was Innistrad, 
And that's where the deck starts. So Zoo was actually up at around 11% uh, in back yeah. in November 2011. And then it sees like a super sharp drop-off like from, from Innistrad, um, which we kind of talked about that last time is like the, you know, the introduction of Delver of Secrets. Right. So a big reason why I love these graphs that came out was because it like basically perfectly encapsulates my experience with the Le- Legacy format. Mm-hmm. Um, I came back to Legacy right around New Phyrexia, uh, which is the set before Innistrad when these graphs start. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I remember if, if these graphs extended back even a little bit further, you would see, uh, you know, a fairly long period of time where Zoo was one of the top decks in the meta. Mm-hmm. Um, it was super popular. Uh, it was a good deck, and a big reason of it is because if you also look a little further down, they have the Merfolk uh, metagame chart. And the Merfolk metagame chart closely mirrors the Zoo metagame chart mm-hmm. because Merfolk beat up on all the blue decks in the format and Zoo beat up on Merfolk. <laughs> so it was like an always a bigger fish. Uh, yeah. Merfolk <laughs> was a serious percentage of the metagame. That is actually yeah. insane. It was huge. Merfolk beat all the blue decks and Zoo beat Merfolk. So Merfolk would like clear the way and then Zoo would come in and just blow up on all the the merfolk players and it's because zoo doesn't run any islands so one of merfolk's uh, biggest advantages of a whole army of unblockable creatures is gone yeah i mean from november of 2011 to november of 2012 you see the deck go from you know roughly like 11 percent of the metagame to j- just over like maybe maybe one percent maybe a little less than one percent of the metagame which is a pretty huge shift over the course of a year Mm-hmm. So that was that's kind of what led to Zoo's uh, beginning of down of its downfall. Um, you know, its food source just dried up. Mm-hmm. Uh, there weren't as many Merfolk players. There weren't as many free wins. So the performance just wasn't there. Then in Innistrad, Wizards of the Coast decides to print the best aggressive creature Legacy has ever seen and decides to put it in blue. Mm. Delver of Secrets <laughs> is a beater. Delver of Secrets is, was a defining moment of legacy. I feel Delver of Secrets is like one of those, you put a flag in the ground, because this is when legacy changes a bit, when Delver of Secrets was printed. So, you know, players didn't really have a reason to play the non-blue aggressive decks anymore, because they could have all the best things blue has to offer, plus now they have a reliable win condition. Hmm. So, um, you know, there just wasn't really a reason to play Naya Color Zoo anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we it hadn't gotten some of the best creatures that it has now, like Thalia, um, and just uh, you know all the you know recent cards that have that have come out, like Scavenging Ooze, that like Maverick and Agro Loam will run now. Uh, that Zoo just didn't really have access to back then. So, and I just you know, it, the biggest reason to play Zoo these days, it feels like, is because you don't have blue dual lands. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's sad. I mean, I always thought Zoo was kind of like an awesome intro deck to play in uh, Legacy. Yeah, you it's, know? Like, it's like what a, like a you know you expect a kitchen table deck to kind of be, right? Like right, besides, exactly. like besides, it's not a it's not really a tribal deck, but it's a creatures deck. It's a good creatures deck. Yep. It's like four swords to plowshare is pretty much your only interaction, and then you just play dudes. Yeah, yeah, pretty sweet. Uh, but uh, you know it's. Not great against like the high, much higher aggro decks that are out that that kind of came out like the the counterburn decks that we saw rise right around that time. Right, it's just Zoo doesn't really have a specialty anymore, yeah. which was sad. I'd like to see Zoo come back, but mm-hmm. something pretty dramatic would have to happen for that to, you know, they have to print like a green, white, red <laughs> five five dragon that draws you three cards when it comes into play. <laughs> yeah. I mean they've done some busted stuff, but not quite that busted. Yeah. It's like print print me that and I'll play Zoo again. <laughs> um so moving on we have the Blue Red Delver metagame percentage. Now this one is a little bit kind of wonky because um what happens a lot of times on Goldfish, which I'm sure this is where some of the data has been scraped from, at least. It happens on other sites. I'm sorry, I'm thinking MDG Top 8. But you see uh, Blue Red Delver and Grixis Delver get get kind of mashed together a lot. Um, so I think that that certainly has, like, a... Because I don't think it was ever, you know, like, 15% of the meta, um, recently at least. Um, but here you see, like, the Blue Red Delver deck kind of, like, levels off right after Innistrad releases uh, with just a few kind of bumps in the road there. And then right around Born of the Gods just shoots up um, and it looks like a lot of it is from uh, Board of the Gods through Cons of Tarkir. And we know that uh, 
uh, Treasure Cruise released was released with Kanza Tarkir. Um, I'm curious if there was something else that happened in this area that caused it really, really to rise in the ranks. Oh, I mean, it, definitely Treasure Cruise. Um, when Bob Huang uh, won that Star City Games with Blue Red Delver running Treasure Cruise, it was just the deck to play. Yeah. Um, this is right around you know when people were getting ready for the GP too, uh, GP New Jersey. Um, so like. That deck was insane. Everyone saw how powerful Treasure Cruise was. Uh, it was the hot deck to play. It was the hot deck to beat. Yep. And that's how you see it going from about, you know, 4% of the meta to about 18% of the yeah, meta. Crazy. And it's right at that Khan's release. Just boom, right? Skyrim yep. opens up. Yeah, Khan's, Khan's gets played. I guarantee you that where that line was 45 degrees, that date is the date that Bob Huang won the Star City Games. Oh, yeah, I guaranteed. Guess. guaranteed. <laughs> I remember everyone was talking about that deck when it came out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was sweet. And I think I started playing... Um, Legacy right around like uh, Dragons like right around Origins I guess um, because that's when we see like kind of a drop off in Blue Red and then it comes back again a little bit uh, right around Orth of the Gatewatch um, but uh, it's it's been pretty steady and I think also some of that we see here is from Grixis Delver which is still pretty popular in the meta um, yeah and I think part of that is is that steep drop off and that kind of recovery there um, but yeah, these graphs are actually pretty sweet. I think what we had talked about before, they had addressed on the Reddit page, uh, which, by the way, shout out to Master Artificer 777 He is the one who was able to scrape all this data and, and compile it. Um, one person asked for a, um, a normalized y-axis, and the guy who made the graphs was like, oh, I actually don't know what that means. Can you explain it to me? Because he like did this for a high school project. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> so um, oh, they're like, you know, it would be nice to see, like, cause, you know, because like the Blue Red Delver... Um, the graph goes from like zero to twenty percent, but like the twelve post one goes from zero to three point five percent because that's where it's topped out. So it kind of is a little bit deceptive when you see like twelve post looks like it's all over the place, but really it's actually pretty flat right around one percent of the meta. Um, whereas Delver like looks like it's you know kind of all over the place and it does vary from like five to fifteen percent. So um, you know quite a bit a bigger range there, or I should say zero to fifteen percent, but. Um, that would be one thing that would be kind of cool to see, but these are actually pretty neat. I think what I'd like to do is just link this page in the show notes so that people can check it out themselves, and we will kind of revisit this, I think, every once in a while just to talk about these because this is such a, like, a large set of data here that we can, it's, it's useful, like, now and three months from now because really, right. like, like, the, the amount of time that this covers is, is significant. It's, it's, you know, from November 11 to January 17, so you're looking at, what, almost, you know, six, six years and change. Yeah. So that's quite a bit. Yeah. Also, it's just a nice uh, trip down memory lane. Yeah, of course. Yeah, it's funny. We did like we actually did like probably twelve of these graphs last episode. <laughs> yeah. And it was really fun because because I have so I have like this very limited perception of where the metagame's gone, and again, that's from like Origins on. So like the last like you know two years, and you have this cool perception of basically like you said from Innistrad on, right? So um, you have a, like the um, you kind of have like the history of this of this graph in your head, which is pretty awesome. Oh yeah, so yeah. We'll, we'll talk about it more in, in in future episodes. Yeah, fear not. Those uh those twelve stories have not been lost. No, no, of course not. We will <laughs> we will come back to them. It's just rehashing them just feels a little, just doesn't do it as good a service like you said. You know, <laughs> uh, the North remembers, Pat. <laughs> Winter has come, by the way. <laughs> I had to kill like five White Walkers with my snowblower today. Oh really? Yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> um. So, uh, you want to talk about the Hasbro earnings report? I know we, we kind of discussed that <laughs> earlier in the week. So uh, yeah. Again, if you'd like. Um, yeah, we won't go as in-depth to this week, but uh, just kind of the breakdown is it's mostly good news. Um, uh, let me just pull up the quotes here. They do mention, like, Magic Di- Digital Next in there, which is a good sign, and and also, like, kind of makes me a little nervous just because I have some money tied up in Magic Magic Online, and I'm Curious to see what happens there, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, it was great for Hasbro. Hasbro actually popped hard on the earnings release. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hasbro is the company that owns Wizards of the Coast. Wizards of the Coast is the company that makes Magic the Gathering. So what's good for Magic is what's good for Wizards of the Coast, which is good for Hasbro. Um, we don't really want to see these companies doing poorly because, God forbid, if they start trying to cut corners... Um, that's when we start getting into like doomsday scenarios. So mm-hmm. everything's rosy on that front. Hasbro's doing great. They actually had the singest, biggest, uh, single best uh, one day return on the market in their entire history. Really? Uh, 
Yeah, they were up, uh, I, I want to say they were up like fifth, uh, I think it was about 3% overall, which is a lot for a single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, their stock basically went from uh, about $80 to about $92. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was you know, a really great uh, day for the stock, and they called out Magic as uh, you know contributing to that. So they lumped together magic with the boys toys for the entire company mm-hmm. uh, so these these reports are always really vague and companies you know kind of hold things a lot close to the chest uh, but they did say that they got a two percent growth in their boys toys thanks to transformers nerf and magic the gathering mm-hmm. so the fact that they were calling it at all just says that magic is growing we don't really know how much it's growing but we do at least know that it's in the positive mm-hmm. Um, but like the big announcement was with Magic Digital Next, which I know a lot of people were really scared about for Magic Online. Like there was like a big sell-off on the market. Have you? Did you notice anything on the? Uh, not particularly because I don't pay attention to the like I, I don't buy and sell cards at all really on Magic Online. I sort of have the cards I use and like will trade for like sideboard cards, but I haven't reinvest. I haven't invested any money in it in a long time. But um, why? What, what have you seen there personally? So I saw a bunch of uh, stores lowered the buy price on their tickets. Uh, so instead of paying $0.95 cents on the dollar, they were only paying $0.90 cents on the dollar. Okay. Uh, because so many people were selling out of the game and selling tickets to, you know, selling all their cards, getting the tickets, and then selling the tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, so I saw a bunch of that. A bunch of prices of all these staples took a huge dip, like Liliana's and Tarmogoyf's went uh, down in price. So people were just really nervous about Magic Digital Next and what it was going to mean. And uh, what we did find out is that Magic Digital Next is coming out this year. Mm-hmm. So Brian Goldner, he's the CEO of Hasbro, um, he said, so we really do look at the way we invest in our business to set us up for the future, most notably in Magic the Gathering. So also I wanted to point out that just that him point uh, bringing the attention of the entire earnings call to Magic is a pretty big deal. Hasbro is a huge company with hundreds of products, and this is the CEO basically giving a speech in front of a bunch of financial reporters saying how good his company is, and he points to Magic as a shining beacon of that mm-hmm. and saying that you know our business motto is that we invest in our products in order to get the best returns out of them. So that's that's pretty good news for Magic and just you know it's it's good to hear about the strength of it. So he goes on, for example, we have Magic Digital Next, which has been an investment for a number of years and will continue to be a bit of an investment this year because of course late this year you'll start to see some of the evidence of what the team has been working on as they begin to put the platform out to the market. Um so Magic Digital Next is coming out later this year. Uh, he goes on to talk about, you know, Gap generally accepted accounting practices and various percentages, but <clears throat> the the short answer is that we uh, Magic Digital Next is, is coming real soon. Mm-hmm. Interesting to see what happens with that, I guess. Yeah, I hope it's just a, better than Duels of the Planeswalkers. Yeah, I, I've, I've heard people speculate that it's going to be kind of like Hearthstone, um, where it's like only sorcery speed interaction and there's no mana, like there's not really a mana base that you create for a deck. I don't really know what to expect. I hope that it's still Magic, though. I hope it's not a dumbed-down version of Magic, because I think the game loses its identity when you play that way. It's like, how many people are going to want to play, like, uh, you know, like the intro decks that, that Wizards gives out that are, like, 30 cards? Like, that's not interactive, fun Magic to me, you know? Yeah, I hear that. We'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm still, I'm still, you know, hesitant to be Just give me, just give me, you know, 10 bucks a month. All the cards I want to use. I, I, I would do. I'd be down for that. Even like yeah. twenty bucks a month, I think would be perfectly reasonable. reasonable. But the amount the amount they make on Magic Online is, um, I think, much higher than people realize how much money they rake in with that program. It's true. <laughs> they just uh, don't see, Pat. Why don't they see? <laughs> uh, so let's see what else has been going on. Well, we're getting ready for GP Vegas. I know I am going. Jerry, have you gotten fired from your job yet? So you can go. <laughs> I mean, maybe. I didn't go to work today, so maybe I'll show up to an empty desk. <laughs> Step one complete. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so um, I got actually had to uh, run up to TE on the weekend uh, to drop off some dough for uh, Kate, who booked our Airbnb for the week. 
um, we're up in Vegas, and uh, actually got to see Adrian up there. He was uh, looked like he was slinging some spells, playing some tin fins, and uh, Aaron and Kate were there. Obviously, uh, Curtis of the uh, DN Solver name and moto, and uh, uh, who just <sighs> he he insists on calling Dark Depths uh, Dank Depths. I mean, because so, that's its name, Pat. Oh, God, it's such a terrible name. <laughs> so so what a narc! But he he was there, so it was it was cool to say hi to him and stuff. And uh, and Blake was there, and I uh, got to give him a hug and see what's up with him. So um, I love going up to see. I was I wish I could have had the chance to play, but had some family stuff to do that day, so was only able to like, stop in and say hi. But um, yeah, it was cool to do that. And uh, you know, we'll be down in Vegas. Uh, hopefully getting to run us some t-shirts now, Jerry. So if people yeah. are looking for them, talk to Jerry. He's got all the information. Thanks to Dom. Uh, he put together, uh, the GIF and the JPEG and I don't know, whatever they're called. Newfangled things these kids are doing. Oh uh, yeah, Dom's the man. Yeah, Dom's the man. Put that together. So we got a Teespring. So we got some polls up on the Facebook group asking about pri- uh, prices, asking about colors, because we got some options. So if you want a shirt and you want your voice heard as far as what that shirt should look like, uh, get on there and vote. Get the vote out, Pat. Get the vote out. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're getting different sh- different uh, different colors, different cuts. We'll have some women's T-shirts. Um, yes. <laughs> Kate has berated me ceaselessly. If I didn't get women's T-shirts, I, I think I would just have been, like, destroyed next time I walked in the shop. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. So we'll have those uh, have those going, and we'll definitely have them ready for Vegas. And, uh, yeah, it should be really fun. We're really looking forward to the new shirts. Yeah, and what we're going to do is uh, we're going to get a Segway, and we're going to put an iPad on the Segway, <laughs> Skyping me in, and we're going to put a Leaving a Legacy shirt over the Segway. Dude, that would be amazing. Around. That would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> actually, you know what I was thinking, too? I, I think I want to start making some play mats. Yeah. I think the the logo, the Boston Mass logo with the hands on the outside would look pretty dope on a big play mat. Just like black and white, you know? Yeah, definitely. I was actually looking, uh, teal with white letters looked really nice on the t-shirts. Oh, um, nice. Um, that's what I'm voting for. Okay. Well, we haven't done colors yet, right? We're just doing actual t-shirts right now? Well, the t-shirts have color options. No, no, I, I understand that. But right now, right now, you're we're, we're voting on what kind of t-shirt, like what quite, like what uh, quality well, price ratio yeah. you're looking well, for. By the time this episode comes out, I'll put up a color, color poll, too. Cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, maybe if we get a chance to do playmats, I'll get those done before Vegas, too, because I think that look, would look pretty dope. There is an add-on option for stickers, so if people think that uh, we should get stickers, too, as an add-on, uh, let us know. Nice. Yeah, that'd be sweet. I want some teal with yellow letter stickers. <laughs> <laughs> the most eye-offensive possible. <laughs> that's that's the idea, right? It's just like make it make people like hate it. Blind but they have to them. look at it. They can't get it out of their mind. Blind them. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Well, I think that's probably it for this episode, Jerry. Um, if someone wants to find you on Twitter, where can they get a hold of you, buddy? They can find me at JMEE3RD. I'm also on Hipsters of the Coast every other Tuesday, trading on with the one and only Aaron Gaznaganaganaga. <laughs> uh, we trade off doing uh, brew articles, so check out uh, my stuff there, too. Awesome. Um, you can find me at Pat Eagle on Twitter. You can find uh, the group, uh, Leaving a Legacy, uh, Facebook.com slash Leaving a Legacy MTG. I will have that in the show notes. Uh, my stream is twitch.tv slash also in the show notes. Uh, Jerry, who are you going to scoop in this week, my friend? Uh, well, I'm going to scoop you in, Pat, because you had the stamina to <laughs> record that intro three times, <laughs> go through the motions. <laughs> yes, yes. That's, uh, I'll Do take it. the scoop. I need it this week. I need this. Yeah, you need it this week. It's been a rough week, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I've literally um, like been like busy all day today, except for like a handful of hours in the middle. So, yeah. It's been fun. It's been a fun day. Sledding. Yeah, I took the kids outside. You know, I've, I've snowblown my driveway twice, and but I took the kids outside to go sledding and go go nuts, and it was it was a good day, man. I I enjoy uh, New England and snow. It's always nice. Fun. Yeah. Uh, awesome. I'm gonna scoop scoop in the snow. 
Because, yeah, love snow days. Anyone else, Jerry? You want to scoop in? Yeah, also want to scoop in Nick from Pandemonium. It was awesome meeting him and uh, just all the Pandemonium people. Hopefully I'll be able to get there a lot more often and play some games on Thursday. Awesome. How's that shop looking now? It was good. They, you know, they remodeled recently. I actually was impressed. Uh, they got some new cases, and in that new case is Legacy Staples. Ooh. So they had taken Legacy cards out of the cases for a while. They weren't really selling them. And then when I went back, they had a bunch of dual lands and, you know, foil cunning wish and other, you know, it wasn't a huge collection, but you know, there was definitely some good stuff in there. That's always nice to see, you know. Yeah, good, good seeing the shop get the uh, the Legacy Staples back in stock. Awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah, I'm going to scoop in, hmm, let's see, I'm going to scoop in uh, Celso for being a good sport. Um, you know, him and I like to give each other a good ribbing when we're playing online, but uh, he's an awesome guy, and I wouldn't joke around with him if I didn't like him, so I'm going to scoop Celso in, even though he crushed me in the uh, the CLL. And I'm going to scoop in Danny as well. Uh, Danny is the guy who started the Community Legacy League. Um, he coordinates it every week for us. He actually got card hoarder to give us, like, actual prize support. We get um, like X amount of credits for coming in like first through f- first through fourth each week. Um, he's also coordinated these really awesome uh, quarterly events with a higher prize pool and a year uh, like a year end uh, invite uh, like an invitational style uh, with like a super super awesome prize pool. So um, just want to give him a shout out. Like I love seeing people who love Legacy so much that they want to take time out of their life to grow the grow the format, so um, I want to give him a, a scoop in the top eight as well. Hell yeah. Awesome. You got a dice you want to roll? Well, I think we should just honor the, the die from the the original well, recording. If, if you had looked on the... Uh... I, I read it, and I thought it was a stupid idea. <laughs> oh, did you, what do you mean you thought it was a stupid idea? Oh, you should just roll the die, say it's an 11, whatever it is. That is dishonest, Patrick. We have already had accusations of fixing the polls. We cannot allow for even the barest hint of shady business to sneak into the divinity <sighs> that is the die game. Well, the people right, so, will understand. So here's the, the story. 11 uh, time. Earlier, Mike- earlier in the week, earlier in the week when we did the dice game for the first time, this week, uh, we rolled an 11, and uh, Michael J. Warren's uh, suggestion of uh, you can't always get what you want by the stones was the pick for the week. So I think we honor that. Yes. The people need to know, Pat. They need to know that they have trust in the integrity I, of the system. I feel like this actually makes it worse, but we'll just go with it. No, no. The, the system will prevail. <laughs> Either way, it's a great song, so I'm, I'm into it. There we go. <laughs> All right. Little Rolling Stones for your ears. Play us out with something sweet, Pat. You got it, Jerry, and this motherfucker better record. <laughs> I will smash my computer. You know why? You know why I think it is, Jerry? Why? I think the last episode I didn't, I didn't give us a Hail Satan. I think that's, that's why. why. It... Hail Satan! <laughs> Uh, I hope that works. <laughs> but if you try sometimes, well, you might find. We're gonna blow a 50 amp fuse Sing it to me 
just might find